Welcome to The Unpodcast. It's about you. This is your host, Caitlin DeBeer. I'm a life coach, speaker, psychology lecturer, and a mum of two littles. And I'm here to inspire you with self-management tips, secrets, interviews, and tricks around loving yourself, loving your life, yep, even the mums, and ultimately to motivate you to want to wake up every morning and live your beautiful life. Over to today's episode. Good morning, beautiful friends. Welcome back to the Unpodcast. So lovely, as always, to have you with me today and super excited, as I always am, for who I get to interview today. Today, we are chatting to an entrepreneur and a lawyer, and they run a company that I actually can't give it away because I want you to hear it from them. It's something that in my mind, I just, I never thought something that I'd be facing or something that I would be chatting about at this stage of life. And yet they've 100% convinced me of, of how essential these kind of conversations are to have. Um, I was just chatting to my mum before recording and telling her about this. And she said the same to me. She was like, oh my word, what a good idea. That's brilliant. Like I need to do it. So I hope that it's inspiring. I hope that it despite us talking about death, um, that it helps bring some life and some order to your reality and um, and some peace of mind, which I think is amazing too, um, despite all that we are all facing at this time. Lots of love and over to today's episode. Cool. Hi, guys. I've obviously just said hello, but it is so nice to have you on the UN podcast. Thank you so much for having us. It's wonderful to be here, Caitlin. We're very excited to chat. And as longtime listeners of your stuff, it's it's really a treat to meet, in inverted commas, you in person or through oh, a screen. Thank you. thank you. Oh, thank you. Hello, Sanal. How are you? I'm cold, but good. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the end of winter very patiently or impatiently, rather. I see. Um, so we are, it's like, probably 28 degrees here today in Derbs. So. And I'm sure everybody is wearing their hoodies on the beach. <laughs> As we do in winter. Um, mm. But yeah, so nice to have you girls on here. Thank you for being here. Do you want to start by just telling us a bit about yourselves? Um, okay, you can go first. Yeah, so my name is Claire and I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I've worked across a range of rather weird and wonderful industries wellness, sex, and now law. And I'm in partnership with good old Sunil. Um, Sunil's a lawyer. And we have found that our skill set of design and law intersect in a very interesting way. And we started to work together at, this, at the beginning of this year in a client-lawyer relationship. And, um, and, and decided that, well, not decided, but realized that we were on a very similar path in terms of trying to make justice more accessible to people. And so we jumped into business together and we started a digital legal consultancy on the first day of South Africa's lockdown, which, you know, maybe that class is as, yeah. as, as, as lunatics, but it's fine. And, and yeah, so we run Pop Law, um, which is a digital legal consultancy. We are on a mission to democratize the law and make legal help far more accessible to far more people in South Africa. And yeah, we, we do that through affordable legal consultations, which we do digitally. And we've got a number of products in development. 
yeah, so that's kind of my background and I'll hand the mic to Sanal. My background is not as interesting as Claire's. <laughs> I uh, went off to university with big dreams of uh, studying English and becoming a writer. And very, very quickly, my dad was like, that's, that's not a sustainable career. So started doing law and did my LLB and then went big corporate and did that for about eight years. And I guess when I look back, ever since day one, I really couldn't see myself being a director at a big law firm. We worked on amazing cases for huge clients, but it kind of didn't connect to the things that I had studied at university. So I left corporate about three years ago and just started my own consultancy, worked with small businesses, and but I still felt very much like a lawyer, which is not very accessible to the people that I was helping. Sure. And then I met Claire at the beginning of the year and I just thought the way that she was running her Instagram platform was so refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really know the name or the face behind their account, but it was just real talk about death. You know, what are you doing about your admin? And I was like, yes, you know, somebody else is, is talking about this in, a, in such a cool way and reached out to her. We had breakfast the next day in Cape Town and yeah, long story short, as Claire said, we, we then started Pop Law together and it's been for me, the most amazing partnership working with somebody who's not a lawyer to try and communicate legal things to people because I think that we work well together. Claire always calls me out on using complicated legal terminology that I don't even realize anymore is complicated legal terminology. And I think that we've been able to just meet people where they are and just have candid conversations about really serious things. That's so cool. And I love that. I love that you both... Um, sort of started out somewhere else, but but your like common passion for something has linked you, even though, as you say, you come with different skill sets. And um, mm. as you all know, with my own brand, I'm so passionate about people sort of doing what they love. And um, yeah, I, I love that both of you are like suggesting that in different ways. And I know that working with someone else can be incredibly difficult. So you, you're doing well, guys, to get through lockdown alone, starting a business together. Um, yeah, it's really cool. And I love your account too. So um, I, I agree. So now that I've also followed Claire for a while and think it's so cool and so just different to what people are putting out there. Um, and that's actually where I wanted to go now anyway, was to say, I know, Claire, I read something that you wrote recently and I think it was in an email and I literally like laughed at your words and you said like, is there ever a good time to talk about kicking the bucket? And I was thinking like, that's, that's so true. It's like, we'd almost rather avoid it then then go there um, I don't know what we're thinking in avoiding it because we all know it's it's inevitable but at the same time we just kind of think like if we avoid it maybe it will go away um, Claire yeah tell us about how you went into the space of, of talking about kicking the bucket <laughs> so I guess this kind of goes back to um, how and why Sunil and I came to meet each other so towards the end of last year uh, my mom and dad experienced a few deaths in kind of the greater community where they live. And it was really dreadful because they came in quick succession and all of a sudden there were women left as widowers and there were always men, or men widowers. Anyway, there were people people who were left all of a sudden to navigate not only their profound grief, but the legal administration around wrapping up their partners' estates. And so my mom picked up the phone and she phoned me and, you know, we chat about a number of things and 
And she said, you know, if, if dad suddenly drops dead, what on earth am I going to do? I don't even know how to get into his mobile device. Mm. And in true, uh, yeah, in true kind of A-type uh, entrepreneur OCD kind of uh, mode, I was like, don't worry, Ma, I'll design you a web app, basically. That's <laughs> the problem for you. And so I started to design something called LifeFile, which is essentially... Uh, an interface that guides, helps, and, and educates people, everyday people, through the legal aspects of death, and then stores that life file in a safe digital vault and allows these people to share all of this stuff with the people that will need it when they eventually die. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I dove into the subject of death and made it my mission in life to make it a little bit easier to, to palette. And I think that, you know, a very easy way to have very difficult conversations is to dress it up with humor, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, death is just another, another space that we can have a bit of a chuckle as much as we can have a cry. I mean, it's, mm. it's the, the, the one only certainty in life, other, you know, outside of income tax. And, and yet we don't talk about it. And I was hoping to finding a way to talk about this dreadful topic in a slightly more fun way. And so as a designer, I slapped on some really bright, fun colors, started to drop a euphemism or two, kick the bucket is one of them. We've got a, a long, long list of other ones that we enjoy. And, and that's kind of how I entered the death space. And then of course, Sanal and I went into partnership and we, yeah, we kind of reframed what we were doing a little bit um, to, to encompass broader aspects of the law, but, helping people get their ducks in a row for one day when they, I don't know which one I'll use now, shuffle off their mortal coil. Is, <laughs> oh, is definitely, yeah, dreadful is definitely part of, of, what, of what we do. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. And I was actually, I've just said it um, before I started this episode as the intro, but I was just chatting to my mum before I'm actually recording at their house today. And I was telling her about chatting to you guys and I said all of this that you do. And she just said to me, like, what a good idea. Like, it's so true. Like, I don't know, it's like the easiest things, like you say, getting into your cell phone. Well, I'm, I'm pretty easy because I've only got like one password for everything on earth. Um, but <laughs> it means everyone could get in. I'm one of those. But, um, but for the most part, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I think we'd feel absolutely lost um, if we were the one left having to sort out, um, you know, the, the lack of organization per se. So, um, yeah. Amazing that you've gone there. Thank mm. you. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not a nice topic, obviously, mm. and it's not a nice thing to engage with. But what's a hell of a lot worse, I think, is you know having a device that can only be unlocked, you know, with like biometrics. And I mean, yeah. how do you even go there? I mean, yeah. uh, it, it's just harrowing mm. the thought of not having access to things because not only are you dealing with a list of things as long as you're armed, that the master of the high court. So, so we've got to make it clear that, that you're not just doing this stuff to be kind. You're doing this stuff because when it comes to wrapping up an estate, it's done by legal systems that, that, that are formulaic and applied to everyone. This isn't a unique thing that you do. Um, the master of the high court asks for these things, you know, for everyone and and so 
it's something that you just have to do and leaving your family to navigate that navigate piles of paperwork on your desk or shambolic top drawer it is just actually not great it's not a kind thing to leave people to do mm, i hear you and i think just while you're speaking and um, like i start imagining like yeah like me in my 80s or like my, I don't even want to say my grand because I'll like get emotional even talking about that. But like, I imagine the old people that's immediately when you say that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's what old people do. They like have to do these things. But I know that's not true. It's not, it's not always that way. And unfortunately life, life doesn't work that way. And, and we don't know. So yeah, I think let's talk like our generation. I mean, I, I know we, I, I say we always similar age these days that I, I could totally be exaggerating. I never know people's ages. I think, I think I'm very young still too. Um, but I'm sure we all in a similar generation at least. Um, so let's talk that generation. Let's talk like middle-aged people. Lord help me saying I'm middle-aged, but I probably am. <laughs> um, so yeah, so now let's, um, let's hear from you. I mean, if we think of people in our sort of age group, and um, I think of people, especially a lot of my listeners are mums, um, and like the last thing on my, la- my mind is death. Right now I'm trying to think of like school pickup time and I'm watching the time tick by. I know what I've still got to do. I know what clients I've got this afternoon. Like the last thing on my mind is, is death. I didn't say the last thing, but it's very far from my mind. Um, yeah, tell us about, about why we need to sort of get our ducks in a row now and not wait till we're 18. Yeah, I mean, just to go back to your previous point, they say that the, the first person who's going to live to be 200 years old has already been born. I know from my personal lifestyle that that person is not me, but you know, it (laughs) might be that it might be that we are not middle-aged yet because I think, you know, based on that timeline, we've still got some time to go, but you know, talking about the elephant in the room with COVID happening, I think a lot more people have, have become a lot more aware of, of mortality and the fact that, it isn't just this fact that we, we reach a certain age and then we'll, we'll die. It's the fact that it can happen to anybody at any time. Most people, I think, would be able to identify somebody in their lives that has either been a, a, you know, a circumstance of an accident or disease or something. So I think it's becoming a lot, a lot more real. And to be honest, I mean, Claire knows, Claire knows my story, but my mom was diagnosed with cancer, terminal cancer, when I was about 15. And we were given a very short time um, of, of, for her prognosis. And anyway, my mom ended up living much longer than that. And I, as I mentioned, I left work at the end of 2017. Part of that reason was because earlier in that year, my mom eventually did die from, from complications in her, in her cancer. And it's a weird, weird thing to go through because you obviously don't know until you go through the process. But I had quite a long time to come to terms with the fact that my mom was going to die and I'm a lawyer. So I also knew what was going to happen, but parallel to all of that happening, I was having these conversations with my dad. I was saying to him, you've got to sort out your will. You've got to sort out your will because at the moment he did have a will, but it kind of just said that everything gets divided between me and my siblings. It didn't talk to any like real practical things. And I said to him, you know, I'm going to end up having to deal with all of this stuff and it's not fair. And while I was sort of navigating that process, my mom ended up dying and she had very little to her name. I mean, she, um, it wasn't a very complicated thing, but it just brought other complexities. And while I was trying to navigate my own grief, I was also then trying to deal with the admin behind it. And weirdly, the most complicated thing was dealing with other people. So 
you know, it's a comedy of errors where work had got me this massive bunch of flowers that just never got to me when I was at home because I only took like a few days off and I had this massive bunch of flowers. I would always get these people coming into my office being like, wow, these are amazing flowers. You know, what's the occasion? And in the middle of typing an email, I was like, oh, my mom died. And people would just sort of do the awkward moonwalk out because nobody wants to talk about it. But then you're like, but everybody's going to die. And I'm, I don't make light of the situation. It's awful. You know, we can talk about um, mental health that comes with, with the complexities of grief another time. But that kind of also, you know, sped up this whole thing for me of saying, you know, even with somebody with my background and my knowledge, it was still so awful because you, you're working, you're trying to deal with, 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 with family members, you're trying to, you know, deal with certain things, but then you're still getting people phoning you saying, you know, we're the attorneys for Standard Bank and there's an outstanding account and we're phoning from the pathologist rooms and there was a blood test done in, you know, 2015 that needs to be paid. And on the other end of the phone, I, I was like, I'm not even the executor. So I don't understand why you're phoning me, but it's just a, a weird thing where I thought, geez, my mom also kept a meticulous record of all her stuff. So after she had died, we had lots of uh, boxes that had accounts and loyalty cards. I didn't even know so many loyalty cards existed, but my mom had a little wallet that had all of those in them. But even with all of that organization, it, it was still just really difficult. And then on top of that, um, the executors that were appointed in 1996 before my mom went to study in the States, they were like, cool, we're, we're not actually dealing with this um, because a lot of people don't know, but an executor of the estate gets a bit of money, a percentage of the estate, but a percentage of an estate that's valued at zero is still zero. So I kind of was like left in the dark a little bit dealing with it. So I understand that a lot of people our age might not be thinking of our own mortality, but like Claire said, and like you said, you are probably at that age now where somebody else in your immediate circle is going to die and it's probably going to fall on you. So it's kind of a, a double-edged thing for me is that, yes, you need to sort out your own stuff, but you also need to make sure that if you are the person that has to tie up all the loose ends, that you're starting with the best the best thing and and especially when I, I I I generally don't judge people ever um but the one group of people that I judge are people that have children and then don't have wills because it's also just like really irresponsible because you might think oh you know after I die it's not my problem and for most parts that's true but just having a really organized life can make it so much easier whether you are the person that's dealing with somebody else's death or you have died and then you know knowing that other people have to kind of um, tie things up bearing in mind that all of this happening in a weird context of grief and anxiety and work and your kids and school drop-offs and everything else like you still have to do it you can't you can't avoid it yeah sure I'm sorry to hear firstly about your mum um, I have not been through that personally, but cannot imagine what that's like. Um, but, but thank you for sharing that because I think it sometimes makes it a lot more real for people when we hear someone's personal story that this isn't, this isn't just a job. Like you've lived this and recently now I'm going to get tearful. I'm not in a good space at the moment to be doing this. Um, and we're on camera. Um, not that everyone can see that, but um, yeah, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we jump back, 
into the practicalities clear like i mean i'm just thinking of myself and i know my listeners are probably all thinking about themselves right now too and and even as you say so now like your family or those around you where do we begin Claire? like where do we actually start with with getting our ducks in a row how how do you start well, I mean, it's interesting that the question is posed to me because I'm not the lawyer in this equation, but I think it's it's a really appropriate question to ask an everyday person because this is exactly what I, you know, had jolted into my mind after I put the phone down with my mom after our chat last year. I was like, okay, right, well, where on earth do we start? And as a, as a non-lawyer person, I decided to start navigating that to find the answers. So the first thing that I did was got in touch with a family friend who'd been practicing law for 30 years or so. And he very generously sent through the list of things that as an attorney who wraps up people's estates, they would need to submit to the high court. So that's where I started. So in came this, this email, I opened up the checklist and then I like, yeah, dropped, I mean, I didn't drop dead, but I, I almost fainted with the shock of seeing this list of stuff. Mm. It was this black and white PDA, actually it was a word document, I think, Arial 12, and I was like, oh my heavens, I'm sitting here looking at this as an individual who just wants to start getting their ducks in a row, helping my parents do the same. I just have to also disclaim that my parents are actually incredibly organized, um, so, so this is, yeah, this is, I'm not saying that they're not. Um, and I looked at this word document and was just like, oh, my sainted aunt, this has to be done in a friendlier way. So long story short, what, what you need to do to start getting your ducks in a row is start pulling together, first of all, the things that will help to streamline the wrapping up state one day and so some top line things that are included in that list are getting your last will and testament sorted out getting a living will sorted out in case you are found in a position where or you find yourself in a position i suppose where you are very very sick and can't speak for yourself who's going to take care of the decisions in a situation like that things like getting a power of attorney document together um, a digital executorship document where people can start to figure out what to do with your Facebook or your Instagram following or your intellectual property that might be stored somewhere in some, you know, unfindable file on your computer, for example. But I mean, I could rattle off a list across kind of the legal aspects of like life, the medical aspects, the financial aspects, listing your assets, blah, blah, blah. It's terribly overwhelming and I'm not mm. going to even attempt to do that for your listeners because it actually starts giving me the sweats if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. So what we did instead is we popped together everything into a checklist that is available for free on our website. Um, we call it the life file checklist. And yeah, instead of me rattling through the, the very, very long list, it's probably much easier to sort of direct people to that free download. Um, but yeah, essentially it's all the things that your loved ones would need to wrap things up if you die or if if there's an awful kind of medical or natural disaster situation where you've got to have stuff at your fingertips, you know, medical aid, life policy, uh, you know, blood type and yeah, just your bank accounts. Cool. Just you saying those things. So like at the beginning when you mentioned the more lawyer lawyery things, I'm thinking 
cool. So I download this piece of paper and then I still have absolutely no clue how I get a letter that, uh, and I'm like, that's fine. My uncle's a lawyer. Like I'll be fine. And that's where my mind goes, which I know is exactly what we're not, we're not supposed to do because as you say, I don't know if you said it just now, but it's not, you don't get your family to step in suddenly. Like this actually becomes like a, a thing in the law that once you did, that's how it's handled. And it's not your opinion or their opinion or, um, so, so from there, so we download this paper and then how, like, how can you help us to, to make that, I don't know, to take that next step? So, I mean, once you start to, I think there are two things. The first thing is to over, overcome the overwhelm of this. So when someone says to you, hey, you, you're going to die. Guess what? You're going to die. Get your ducks in a row. The first question is, how? How on earth do I do that? And so that's where our checklist comes in. And that checklist is designed to give you a little bit of peace of mind to say, here, here it is, this is what you need. And you can systematically start to slowly, in a calm and adult fashion, work through the checklist. As one does, pour yourself a cup of tea, perhaps even a little shot of whiskey, and let's get moving through this thing. So that's the first step that we take. And then the second step is obviously as a legal consultancy, we help people with the legal touch points. So I'm going to hand the proverbial mic to Sanal now, but um, there are legal documents that you need to get in place. So yeah, Sin, if if you're happy to walk walk through some of those. Yeah, we, our model has always been to throw the rule book out of the window. And a big issue that I've had in practice, and I think a lot of people have experienced is they don't want to talk to a lawyer because one, they think as soon as they roll into the car park, they're going to get billed <laughs> or they might. I think that there's this weird misconception created by the lawyers, I'll, I'll add, that you also need to have a certain level of legal knowledge before you can even engage with them. Mm. So we, we try to go like pre-lawyer lawyer. And what we did, you know, first day of lockdown, decided to launch all these um, free documents. And then we also realized mm, that was maybe a bit irresponsible because as much as we saw all these people downloading the documents for free, when we were trying to talk to people about it, they were like, oh, we haven't opened it because we, we're a bit scared. We, we actually don't want to deal with it. So then Claire and I thought, okay, well, then what can we do? So we put together a, di- a guide. It's quite a, that was a bit of a Freudian slip in saying guide instead guide. of guide, but um, <laughs> a guide died, a died yeah. guide. Um, but I guess that's what it is, is we, we put um, stuff together. Claire then made it as, unlawyery as possible um and and that's available on on our website as well if people want to to to, to get that and purchase that and go through it in their own time but then again what we were noticing as well is that whenever we were giving people the option of saying look we've made a guide available it's like a couple hundred bucks or you can chat to us at any time um people were sort of preferring the second approach and i think it's again the fact that it is so overwhelming and our recommendation is before you even speak to us is to you know, buddy up. So whether that's with your partner, your parent, your friend, say, okay, let's do this together. So we're gonna we're gonna download it and uh, and go through it together. And I think just creating that different um, perspective around it 
instead of saying that this is a really scary thing, you can say this is really empowering. Right. Because, for example, we had a consult yesterday and I explained to a woman that's recently had a child, she wanted to get her will sorted out based on, on her child and, they, and guardians and things like that. Um, but in the conversation, I was just going through the different people and, involved. And I said, well, the one person would be your executor. And that is a person that would get a percentage of your estate. And her eyes just got wider and wider and wider. And she was like, wait, what do you mean? I said, well, that's the law, is that a, an executor gets a percentage of your estate. But it makes sense because it's a really difficult thing to do. And also, when there's lots of people offering you free wills, it's generally coming from banks or law firms or financial institutions. And then you start thinking, hang on, it's not because they want me to have a free will. They want a piece of my estate. Mm -hmm. But like I mentioned to you, it's very easy for them to go back and say, mm, this is not financially viable for us. We're not going to do it. So part of, of getting your ducks in a row and going through this is not just to keep this in a, in a virtual place or a physical place. It's about having really tough conversations. So for example, saying to somebody, we would like you to be the guardian of our child. It's also, you then need to be empowered and educated to say, this is what that will mean. Would you be willing to do that? We would like you to be the executor of our state. Would you be willing to do that? Mm -hmm. And people just don't have these conversations. I mean, I certainly haven't been at a dinner table where this is front and center. Mm -hmm. But I think, I must say, I do think in the last couple of months, just some of my own friends have reached out to us to say, you really made us think about this. And, mm -hmm. you know, we would like, even if it's a list of questions, to just start with having these conversations, you know, put the kids to bed, like they said, pour yourself a beverage of your choice and like just talk about it because nobody wants to have these conversations, but it is so much better to have that certainty. And also knowing that you don't have to be a lawyer, you don't have to pick up a textbook to get that information. We've we've tried as much as possible to, to make it as transparent and easy to understand. And, you know, we also trying to put things out in like different mediums. So if you like reading things, if you like listening to things, if you like watching Instagram stories, you know, we will keep trying our hardest to, to meet people where they are and, and just make it as friendly as possible. That's amazing. And you just said, listen to things. Um, I know that there's an exciting sort of announcement there. Claire, tell us about that. Oh yeah. We, so in the spirit of being on every conceivable platform to meet our community where they are and where they want to be met, we started a podcast called Lord Have Mercy. Uh, we had our first episode last week, Man sorry, this week, Monday, um, all about this very subject, getting your ducks in a row. Mm -hmm. And Monday coming, we're going to be chatting. Sunil very courageously spoke to me about her mom's death and wrapping up that estate and what that was all about and we've got yeah essentially lord have mercy is stories of life and law so we've got an awesome recording happening today about a woman who woke up and found that her entire business website had been copied oh. and how do you handle that so so yeah we're telling real people's stories um in, in yeah about life and law and we're very Amazing. excited how do people find that what platforms is that on on Spotify and I think oh. the easiest uh, yeah is just to go through our link on Instagram okay stunning and tell us what that is what's your link on Instagram and website and all that our website is poplaw.co.za our Instagram is poplaw.sa 
I think it is, Sonal. Yeah. And um, yeah, you can pretty much find whatever you need basically off our site, poplaw.coza. That's awesome. Sure. Yeah, I've definitely been inspired, guys. I feel like um, just as Sonal was speaking now about things that like almost like settled my like, I still haven't downloaded it. So I read that email and I asked you to be on here and I didn't download it, but I haven't deleted the email and I'm a, I'm a big deleter. I delete lots. <laughs> Drives my husband mad because I would know WhatsApps because I delete everything. But um, I feel like, okay, I can do this. Like I can do a glass of wine and open up my document and just start the conversations. Um, and then, and I'm very much a list person, so it actually appeals to me. They're like, okay, so I've got that one, but okay, so now I need to work on getting that. Should I email them? Should I yeah, like and open up that next, whatever it is, to actually get those things organized? So, yeah, tell us any final message that you want to leave our listeners with. Um, either of you, I'm going to say that, and everyone's going to speak at once. <laughs> well, I'll jump in first. I think the the main thing that we always want people to walk away with when they've heard us or seen us, some, you know, or engaged with pop law somewhere is that, you know, we, we're doing law very differently and our, our digital consultancy is sort of the non-lawyer version of something legal. So we're friendly. When you have a digital consultation with Sunil or one of our legal partners, you know, bring your kids. They'll be cooed at through Zoom. There's no such thing as a stupid question. We are very um, approachable and nice and are also navigating a lot of this stuff ourselves. I think if I could leave your listeners and yeah, whoever hears this, um, the message that I would say is don't be scared of getting legal help, especially when they're uh, you know, consultancies like ours knocking about. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Thank you so much, guys. Anything from you, Sunil? Well, yeah, I think Claire hit the nail on the head. Um, but it's also the fact that we are also starting out a business and we don't have it all figured out. Mm. And, you know, at the end of the day, we are two very dorky, nerdy women who who just have a passion for this and we want to do it as, as best as we can. But we absolutely don't have all the answers figured out. And I think a big thing that, that people should know about us is that you know if we can't help you then we will try absolute best to find the right resources to do it and just to to echo what what claire said the main thing is just to take some initiative yourself and reach out and you know knowing that you don't have to to deal with these sorts of things on your own like we've been overwhelmed by how many people have come forward and said you know this has been a long-standing issue for a year or this has happened to us before we didn't know that we could do anything and you know if it's if it's a if it's a perspective that has been cast by the legal community then i'll i'll take a knock on the chin for that but you don't have to feel that that it's like overwhelming and scary because you know i, I think the more we engage with people the more we understand that everyone is just trying to work it out and we can just do it together mm, that's amazing and i love that's the combination of the two of you um I think that's it's it's a really cool team and it makes it even more approachable because there's like the professional law side but also the like everyday like us side kind of combination so yeah thank you ladies this has been amazing and I promise I'll download it. <laughs> thank you so much for having us. Cool. This episode has ended but what lovely lovely girls and I promise I am going right now to download that document on poplaw.co.za and I really encourage you guys to just go and follow them on Instagram for now, even if that's the first step. So it's poplaw.sa 
on Instagram and um, they're just talking about things that I think are just so, so important for all of us to open up these conversations, to get educated, to get empowered, as they said. Um, and yeah, what a great team and how cool to support people, women within South Africa that are, are doing such incredible work. Cool. Happy week, everyone.